honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awaijin. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great pleasure to be back on board once again with you today. This team is hitting a nice little stride, and, well, they went 2-1, as I predicted. Yeah, it's that last game with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Kind of annoying. The Wolves, uh... Wow, <laughs> nice uh, New Year's Eve performances. The Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Timberwolves have been notorious for not having good New Year's Eves uh, recently. A couple years ago, I believe, was the last time Detroit just slaughtered the Wolves in the Palace. There was malice in the Palace for a different reason. Of course, the other uh, members of the Malice, Minnesota Timberwolves, visited Indiana. Kind of weird. I've never seen that happen before where you play in the different New Year's Eves and you play the opposite teams of the Malice in the Palace. But, hmm. Okay, I don't think it means anything, but uh, the Wolves won the game. That's what means something, and well appreciated. And, uh, well, the Wolves started off the 17-0 start. It doesn't get much better than that. New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve part of me, have a very similar uh, awesome start against the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was fun. It was a fun little New Year's uh, resolution for the Wolves. Let's start kicking everyone's ass. Yeah? It's kind of simple. You know, we, you... You could follow up on that. It's no problem. Of course, Indiana kind of made it semi-interesting for a little while. The Wolves pulled away for good in the third quarter. Indy kind of saved face, beating the Wolves by 12 in the fourth quarter. Wolves crushed Indiana, almost doubled them, 38-20 to in the third. Fun little game, and Carl Anthony Towns, he is uh, starting to show signs of what he really can be in this league. Wonderful outlet pass, ultimately to Wiggins, I believe, if I remember correctly. Wonderful outlet pass. Uh, six blocks in the game. It was just in the, he was just plug in the middle, and that's what I like so much. He attempted some threes. He missed a couple, made one. Woohoo! Uh, only six of eleven from the floor, but extremely efficient throughout the night. Did get fourteen rebounds, and he's looking like the guy you want. He's looking like the David Robinson shot blocking force, but then add a little bit of outside game, which David Robinson did have on occasion. You're starting to see a bit more of that, and go ahead and say beyond David Robinson, beyond this, beyond that, but. You know what? I don't care who's beyond this, beyond that, because he's not beyond David Robinson yet. It's a long way to go, actually, to even get there. Uh, Jimmy Butler's solid throughout the night, extremely efficient, getting to the line. It's kind of like a broken record, but in a positive way with Jimmy Butler. He's the same guy every night, and that's what makes Jimmy Butler great, because he's not just throwing his shoes uh, on the ground and taking the night off. I mean, he never does. Uh, and it's not like certain people even take the night off, but they just don't have the best nights. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, boy, I, I'd been feeling good. He started off really solid in the game, ultimately did not finish that great, kind of clang in the usual two-pointers, the usual suspects, missing some free throws, but you'll see some more positivity as we head into the Los Angeles game, so I'm not going to come in and bash Andrew Wiggins necessarily, because there's no reason to do that, and I think a lot of people have been hard on him in this town, um, especially now with the contract edition. That's kind of comes with the territory. Uh, enter Joe Maurer, Jack Parisi, uh, Ryan Suter, Kevin, yeah, well, yeah, that one too. <laughs> but then again, people worship that guy, the most latter one, rather than getting a little ticked off about the contract and the lack of championships. But okay, we'll leave that alone. I've gone a little too far already. Tyus Jones, I mean, the whole team looked spectacular in this game. It's unreviewable in a good way. It was just too good to be true, you know, and the Things just continued to flow the way they did. Guys were making shots. It was just an awesome night. Uh, important statistic I'll talk about in the Laker game as well, which really was like, it's the kind of thing where it's one thing when you're shooting well, you're getting around guys and stuff. That could be one of the reasons why your shots, <laughs> your field goal percentage is so high. Didn't help that Nemanja was 2 of 11 in the game. That really butchered the uh, field goal percentage. The Wolves might have been almost 60%. 2 of 11 from Nemanja Bielica. Wow! Ah, wow, Nemanja. What the bleep, man? Awful. Uh, Nemanja has not been good since he's returned. So that's one negative I can come in with. Uh, you got to see Shabazz and Cole Aldrich show up for about three minutes. They each scored a basket. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, Nemanja has taken away uh, Marcus George's Hunt's uh, minutes. MGH, Miles Gerauer. Okay, I don't know. I'm just kidding, kind of. Wasn't that funny, though, was it? 
Gorgie's solid off the bench like he always is, and he's, you know, he's he's accepting the uh, reserve role more than he did starting out the season, where it just seemed like the guy wasn't the same, his confidence wasn't good, he wasn't putting up the numbers he had before, the rebounds, the the uh, points and such, but he's putting up the kind of similar numbers that he did when he was a starter now, so that's signs, those are signs that he's taking on the reserve role in a positive light, so that's good, where Nemanja, oh boy, he has been terrible since his return, and it's kind of sad, kind of disappointing. Uh, it was nice to see him back on Christmas Day, but really ever since then, not a whole lot of things to say in the positive light for him. Carl uh, Anthony Towns tied a career high with six blocks in the game. Again, just a force, but he's also setting up other players, kicking the ball out, and of course, a spectacular outlet pass. I keep forgetting it was Butler or Wiggins. It doesn't matter, but it was, it was a spectacular accurate. It, it was Wiggins. It was, it, he looked like a quarterback. It was a, it was a spectacular throw on target, quick, and it had to be quick in order for the play to work. Otherwise, a second too late, it's a turnover. You know, either it gets picked off or, yeah, there's just too much traffic. It's batted away, this and that. So just on the money, I loved what I saw from Carl throughout the night. And again, Butler actually led the team in scoring, but Carl was the best player for me. Awesome game in Indiana. For Carl Anthony Towns, the Pacers dropped to 500 as they had a great start to the season. Oh, and by the way, Victor Oladipo didn't play. So, and we're going to talk about another pretty big name guy who didn't play in Brooklyn, which is annoying. Like, it's funny, all these star players don't play, we blow them out and that's good. Or you still lose to them, which is really kind of weird. Like Devin Booker with Phoenix. The Wolves have been doing that a little bit this year sometimes. And as positive as things are, the better record, and you're making strides, you're seeing positive signs out of guys like Carl and Andrew, which is great. And Jimmy is the most consistent player on the roster. And Taj is probably the second most consistent. But then you have games like Brooklyn. Ah, okay. And Phoenix. Come on. Guy, like their star player isn't even healthy and you still lose the game. Come on. Cut it out. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, okay, maybe I overuse that, but I love that soundbite because it's awesome. And there's always something you want to yell stop at too, isn't there? There usually is. So that was uh, New Year's Eve. Let's move on to New Year's Day. Back-to-back, you think, oh, Wolves usually, Wolves are usually going to drop one in the back-to-back situation. Well, not so fast. Uh, 16-0 start. Lakers kind of did what they do. They make a little tiny comeback, but the Wolves most of the game just stayed ahead, and the Lakers never let in the game, and Wolves stayed ahead by double digits the whole way. And then you see people in message boards, or not message boards, but Facebook pages bitching and moaning about the Lakers wearing Minneapolis jerseys. Really? Is that really that offensive? The Lakers left in 1960. 60. That's a long time ago. I like the jerseys just fine. Um, sure, okay, you might get ticked off, like, because that's our team, that's our jerseys. Well, I'm unfortunately, they, you know, it's a very old thing. We didn't, they didn't give up the rights to that, and I, I wish they did too. That's why you see us wearing uh, Minnesota Muskies jerseys, which are kind of cool. They kind of look like the Minneapolis Lakers a little bit. Obviously, an ABA franchise in 1970 that lasted only about a year, and then, of course, the Pittsburgh Piper, or Minnesota Pipers that moved to Pittsburgh, and I don't know, it is kind of weird that the at Minneapolis, or, or actually it was Bloomington in the Met Center, kind of cool. It, it's cool stuff that people don't sit down and think about very often, that there actually was an ABA franchise in Minnesota, and a couple of them that lasted a short time, and they played in the Met Center. That's kind of cool when you sit down and think about that, but um, to the point, though, I'm not offended by the Lakers wearing Minneapolis jerseys. They meant it in a nice way, like, okay, we're in Minneapolis, this is the only place they wear them. Okay, occasionally I guess they've worn them on some special days on on uh, ABC, but you know what? Whatever. You know, I mean, we can't just sit down and get offended by everything. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if the Twins wore Washington Senators jerseys, but then again, that W is now pretty much been taken over by the Washington Nationals, so I guess that's out of the question. It kind of sucks, but <laughs> Washington Senators moved in the same, the same year, actually. It's kind of ironic. Uh, well, actually, the next year, pardon me. Senators moved to... Bloomington, the uh, Bloomington, which was, of course, the uh, Met Stadium. Okay, you get the idea. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was a spark plug off the bench like he usually is. Minnesota Wild forward Tyler Ennis took the night off for the Wild and joined the Lakers. He's a point guard of the Lakers. Instead of wearing number 63, he wore number 10, and he was mediocre at best. And, oh, by the way, a guy by the name of uh, Lonzo Ball, again, did not play in on Christmas Day or New Year's Eve Day. New Year's Day, not New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. 
So Lonzo, but yet he still got more votes than uh, guys like Wiggins and Butler, which drew the ire of Minnesota fans, which I agree with, completely agree with. Uh, I don't agree with the whining and bitching about the Minneapolis jerseys. You know what? They look like the Denver Nuggets years ago with Carmelo and, and Chauncey and even the Allen Iverson days. The same bleeping arm pads and everything, so they kind of look more like the Nuggets. That that actually annoys me a little bit more, because I want the Minneapolis Lakers to look like the Minneapolis Lakers, not like the freaking Denver Nuggets. Ugh. I don't like the Denver Nuggets. Do you like the Nuggets? I'm not a fan. Are you? Are you? No. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I agree with the fan base that's ticked off about the whole situation with uh, Alonzo <laughs> Ball getting more all-star votes than any Timberwolf on the roster. And, of course, same old bleeping Warriors leading the, leading everything. It's annoying. Front court instead of forwards or centers now with uh, Kevin Durant. Okay, I'm not annoyed with it that much, but eh, whatever. Surprise, surprise. It's boring. Isn't it? I don't know. And, you know, I think I made my feelings known about the Warriors, so I'll just keep going. And, of course, Northern Cal guy is the point guard leading the uh, votes. Woohoo! Well, he's leading the league in large contracts, too, now. <laughs> Corey Brewer, nice little return to target center. Some people would even talk about trading him to Minnesota on the, you know, the Doogie Wolfson and all that. Darren Doogie Wolfson would have liked that. And then, of course, they say the Lakers are very intent on keeping him. He's a valuable veteran there. So they really like him in Los Angeles. And you know what? Good for Corey Brewer. He's having a nice little run there in L.A. Now he's running number three as he's changed his number a million times over the years. Number 22. That's not been good luck necessarily for uh, even Andrew Wiggins of late. <laughs> he wore a different number in college because, yeah, you can't wear number 21 here. So that's a that's a no-no. Uh, and, of course, Brewer, 22 back in the day, and then he came back with 13 after a good run with the Nuggets. Now he's number three with the Lakers, and he was with Houston for a short time with whatever. Uh, good overall game, though. He'd been kind of buried on the bench for a while. Now he's starting to get more and more playing time. Uh, Andrew Bogut looks like a dead man walking. I, yeah, it's too bad. I, I like Andrew Bogut, but he's really fallen off the face of the earth. And there's another guy by the name of Brooke Lopez. I haven't seen him play in I don't know how long. And, of course, Lou Deng. Well, talk about dead man walking. I mean, but is Tom Thibodeau to blame for that with the minutes? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. You just hope that uh, things don't head that direction here and that conversation continues and all that good stuff. And Thibodeau uh, defends it. And he doesn't really... Uh, he said, hey, star players usually get major minutes. And luckily, in the last couple of games here with the Pacers... And the Lakers, nobody got major, major minutes. Nobody got burnt out. Butler still managed to get 37 minutes, though. Okay, so what am I talking about? 37 minutes for Butler? He's got the most minutes in the league, and he had the most points in the game. He was also erratic. Seven turnovers, and Carl adding just one block, but still showing signs of an improved player. He's a different guy. Better defense, more aggressive, and he's he's you know he's a little more focused down low, even though he still kind of hangs around that perimeter a little more than my liking, but at least he made half of his threes. Uh, Corey Brewer was the recipient of the barbecue chicken dunk on Christmas Day, and, well, not so much in this one. It wasn't as necessary at the time because the, the last game was a little bit closer. This one, the Wolves ultimately take the lead and run away with it throughout the game. 114-96, the Wolves wall up the Lakers. That was wonderful. Now we go to the Brooklyn Nets, the third. It's just, yeah, Brooklyn. Okay, I keep wanting to call them New Jersey still. Yikes. Wednesday, the 3rd of January. Oh, I had to do it, didn't I? It's, it's my fault. I confess, I made fun of Dinwiddie. Just get the hell out. Go back where the hell you came from. Dinwiddie. Yeah, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Russell uh, wasn't in the game there. Uh, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, not available. Just yet another major player, another big name, not available. And that's what I was kind of hinting at earlier, the whole Booker situation with the Suns. Oh, Jeremy Lin didn't play either, but he's only played one game all year, so I don't think I feel too bad about uh, him not playing, I guess. Uh, no offense there. Uh Quincy Acey was uh, snake bit a bit late from Jimmy Butler, but the frickin' had still won the game. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Again, I don't know. Uh, Alan Crabb, I've heard of. He's he's kind of crabby. He's pissed off all the time. Okay, not really. He's okay. Uh, Demari Carroll, we've heard of him, but he's, boy, he is a... <laughs> he's a far cry from what he was. He was the best three-point shooter in the game a couple of years ago with the Hawks. Now, I don't know, man. 3 of 11 from the floor. I don't know. Uh, Spencer Danaway, you son of a... And he's one of those guys who looks about 10 years older than he is, too, but that's a son of a gun. 
<sighs> Jimmy Butler, overall solid game, getting to the free throw line and would have really appreciated it if he drew a foul late in the game when he had the final shot, but that just wasn't the case for whatever reason. Uh, Towns, good in the game again, 16-10. and 10. Not the best game he's ever had, but you still saw solid defense, and the Wolves did keep the Nets under 100. Andrew Wiggins showing signs. You know, I forgot to bring up the statistic with the Laker game, which, damn it, drives me nuts. Which, again, this 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 is the kind of statistic. Uh, yeah, i got to backtrack real quick. So now I'm dragging this a little longer than I'd like. Though I'm probably too frustrated to say a whole lot with the Brooklyn game at this point. But um, major statistic, I bring it up on Twitter as well. Well, the Wolves ultimately shoot 90% from the free throw line, uh, 27 to 30, which is a great improvement from what the Wolves had been doing. They've been struggling from the free throw line at times. Guys like Andrew Wiggins and such, missing free throw after free throw in, down the stretch. See, this is the kind of statistic right here, though, 27 to 30. It doesn't matter who you're playing. As long as you're making your free throws, your chances of winning the game are really high. So it, it's like a simple kindergarten logic here, but still... Andrew Wiggins 6-7, and the fact that he got to the line enough times that he was able to attempt seven free throws, he had an and one and, of course, a couple uh, three other uh, two shots at the charity stripe, and he made 6-7. And that's a guy who's been shooting 60% from the free throw line this year, so these are major signs of improvement that count for something. Wiggins had a really good game, though, more aggressive, 21.9 rebound, four assist game, and even had two steals as he's been doing that. He's been picking pockets out there. He's been knocking balls away. Some of that doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, but obviously very solid defense from Andrew Wiggins. But of course, again, very key, the fact that 90% from the free throw line, I mean, that's going to help against teams like Golden State, Houston, San Antonio, Cleveland, Boston, blah, 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 if the Wolves can get to the free throw line more. As of course, there's no way it's going to be the same in this Brooklyn game, 98 to 97. Frickin' Dinwiddie had a couple of daggers, including the second last shot of the game, which put the uh, Brooklyn Nets ahead before Butler added a basket. Uh, a couple of free throws, pardon me, to give the Wolves the lead back. Oh, Butler, if only he got to the line the last time. But unfortunately, he just mostly went up. Um, Wolves 1 of 11 from three-point range. That did not help either. Just awful. 9%, uh, 80% from the free throw line. So 24 of 30. Not not that bad. Not that bad. But a couple of free throws less. Three points less. That so would have won the game, which is kind of funny when you think about it. That would have won the game for the Wolves if they were 90%. Another key statistic, even though Wiggins still managed to get 17 points and had some nice shots in there and a nice move and a great feed from from Jimmy Butler as he was moving to the basket and he dished it over to Andrew Wiggins. That was a nice play, but 17 points on the night, zero free throw attempts for Andrew Wiggins in the game. You just throw your arms up in the air. And again, I, I love Andrew Wiggins, so I'm not bashing him, but shoot. Damn it. You know, you get to the free throw line, man. Be him a little more aggressive. That would have been very helpful. Butler was 16 of 18, but I wish he attempted 20 free throws in the game because the Wolves might have won or at least tied it up if he clanged one of the two. But damn it. Um, 30 points for Jimmy Butler throughout the night. A frustrating game because the Nets led most of the way. And it's not like it was a back-to-back. It's just like the Wolves looked kind of tired and lethargic as we headed into the fourth quarter. After a great third quarter and all that, tying the game up and such after being behind by, uh, you know, six, seven points most of the game. It was kind of frustrating. And a guy by the name of Spencer Dinwiddie, one shot after another. He was 4-7 of seven from beyond the arc, and then he starts making floaters. And the second last shot irritated me beyond belief. It's like, okay, for one, I don't know, it's like a little more hand in the face would be nice, but okay. But then the ball is like rattling out, and then it magically rolls in. It's, God, I hate that stuff so much. And it's Spencer Dinwiddie, come on. Ah, Dinwiddie, I'm sorry I offended you. He must have heard Timberwolves explosion because he just torched the Wolves. I made fun of the guy, and look at him. I made fun of his name, and maybe that's what's driving him to being a, uh, you know, he's going to be in the league for a while if he plays like this. Nine assists in the game. Did have some turnovers, but still got to the line, and again, four of seven from three-point range from Spencer Dinwiddie. He is going to get some minutes and going to get a, a some type of an extension, some type of a, a contract in this league where he's going to make a few million bucks before his type is up, and good for him. Good for Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, hit the clutch shot down the stretch, the go-ahead shot, as we like to call it, with 11 seconds remaining. Plenty of time for the Wolves to get something going. They're drawing up a play for the longest period of time, and all it was was Jimmy Butler forcing up a shot and against a double team. That's all it was, and from a pretty long distance, about 20 feet away, just went up with it right away, didn't try to draw contact or anything. I kind of understand, though, because 
what has been the curse in the NBA for many years? Even though Butler gets these calls, a lot of times a guy gets absolutely mauled in the last shot of the game and there's no call. And it happens all the time. So I, I don't know if that was the thought process there or what the deal was. The only time the foul seems to be called is against us. At least it feels that way. <laughs> like it was against Jeff Teague when he went right into kind of cannon. He was a cannon, all right. He was making threes in that game. Cannon for Phoenix. It looks more like Canaan, the land of uh, milk and honey and all that, um, after he parted the Red Sea. But, uh, okay, that's great. But uh, Butler did not try to draw the foul. Uh, Tyus Jones was wide open, and you had a plenty of time to do something. Tyus Jones was over, and I don't know if you want Jones putting up a three there or not. I think Butler should have gone a little closer to the basket, tried to draw a little something first, but I don't know. It wasn't the best, and he missed, and I don't know. You, you can't get too mad because Butler's obviously been so valuable, and I don't know. He's made that shot many times as well, so just chalk it up. I mean, Wolves' offense should have been better earlier in the game. Guys getting to the free throw line a little more. They got to the line, though. I mean, 30 attempts, so I can't complain too much, but a guy like Wiggins would have been a little more helpful down the stretch. Uh, the three-point shooting was putrid the whole night, and Nemanja is garbage right now. I mean, nothing. He had 12 and a half minutes. Look at the stat line. Here we go. Should I should I should I read it off for you? Zero field goal attempts. Period. So obviously no three pointers, no free throws, no rebounds of either side. No offensive rebounds, no defensive rebounds, no total rebounds, no assists, no turnovers. Thank you. That's a good stat. No steals, no blocks. One personal foul, and he was a minus five. And of course, no bleeping points. So, yeah, that sums up Nemanja Bjelica right now. The. I, Damn it, you know, I don't, I, I'm not ripping him, but man, he had a wonderful start to the season, but he has been terrible since his return. I gotta, I gotta give you my honest point of view on this, and obviously a lot of you have seen the same damn thing if you've been watching the game. He's just kind of there, and that's it, and this basically sums it up right here in black and white. It's literally black and white, too. Uh, so, that's it. That should wrap up the the, uh, the segment in, in terms of game reviews. Not bad. Um, you lose by one point to a kind of a yucky team and a guy named Dinwiddie who, good for him. You know what? Good for him. I'm happy for him. He's got a chance to be in the league for a while if he keeps playing like that. Uh, good for him. He's He's been in the league a couple of years. Second round pick a couple of years back. Uh, I can't remember who it was now. I had it and I lost it. I believe it was Phoenix. Seemed like everybody gets drafted by Phoenix, but <laughs> and all, all these like second rounders, either Phoenix or San Antonio. And it was the Pistons. Okay. They could use him a little bit maybe right now. And he's from LA. Okay. Good for him. So <laughs> six foot six point guard brings in some value. Of course, he's already 24 years old. So good for him. Good for Spencer. God bless him. And uh, nice, uh, Nice game, I guess. As frustrating as it was for me and others. He did play for Detroit for a couple of years, but, you know, backup minutes, very few games last year. Got some more burn, obviously, about 60 games and played backup type of minutes, but decent num- decent minutes, like 23 minutes. This year, getting closer to 30, of course, with the oft-injured Jamarcus D'Angelo Russell. Jamarcus Russell, he's looking like Jamarcus right now, but um, that's how it is. The uh, Alpha Wolf Award is going to go to Carl Anthony Towns, showing some extremely positive signs. Of course, he's kicking the ball out more. He's playing better defense. Teammates had been getting irritated a little bit, kind of, sort of. Like the chemistry, there was a little bit of friction going on. Carl was becoming a black hole out there, either shooting threes or just forcing up shots that weren't that good. You know, they weren't that good. And he's, he's adding more of a team game now. Not that he wasn't before, but it's better. And obviously the defense is a lot better. And the whining seems to have dissipated a little bit. So that's good. Everybody in the NBA whines and complains after every call. One way or another, Butler keeps the same look on his face all the time. If he's yelling, you can't bleep with me, or if he's saying that's a bullshit call, or if he just hit the biggest shot of his life, which is every couple, which is every game, right? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Carl always got that squint in his eyes like, are you kidding me, man? You know, for every call. So hopefully uh, that continues to dissipate as it has a little bit. He seems more focused, more locked in defensively. And more focused on just, you know, stop whining about poor me, we lost, and it's all my fault. Worry more about we won, and I'm glad. We won as a team. Period. End of story. Alpha Wolf, Carl Anthony Towns. The Johnny Flynn Memorial is an obvious choice. It is Nemanja Bialica. And that's a bummer, because I like Nemanja, damn it. And I think everybody likes him. Was a nice addition to the... Uh, nice addition from within. 
with a wonderful improvement over the course of the summer and coming back from that injury that kept him out for eternity, just like this year's injury kept him out for eternity, came back wonderfully, came back guns a-blazing, and now that gun is, uh, that gunpowder is wet, and nothing's happening. You're just hearing a little, that's all you're hearing, nothing. So, it is what it is there. Wolves 2-1, and one, and we got four games to preview, and not really one of them is easy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Just get to the free throw line and make them. Common sense, eh? And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion segment number two, preview segment. Time to do some deep diving. Four games to preview the Boston Celtics, 31 and 10, first place in the Atlantic Division, and ruling the Eastern Conference at least for the moment until the Cleveland Cavaliers try to attempt to say something about it, if humanly possible. Yeah, uh, obviously they had that weird switch in the off season. It wasn't a Nintendo Switch, yeah, overrated. It was an Eastern Conference Switch. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> 31 and 10, Boston Celtics, first meeting of the year. January the 5th, Wednesday, January the 5th, Friday, January the 5th, pardon me. That's actually today, believe it or not. And then Thursday, March 8th, that's my brother's birthday. Um, and then a month, this one's about a month before the Silver Bowl, which the Vikings will host and win, damn it. Huh. So the two-game series gets started here against the Boston Celtics. Of course, Kyrie Irving and the like. Uh, at first I thought it was a wonderful play from Rondo to, uh, or Trump. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, and then it's like, wait a minute, that's that's Big Baby Davis, so no, it's Rondo and Baby Davis, that was a couple years back, obviously, uh, Toronto's lost only 10 games as well, they're right there, Cleveland's actually third right now in the Eastern Conference, Boston's still got a nice lead at the moment, four and a half game lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers, so they still have to go to the road, go on the road, well, they did last year, and they beat the Celtics pretty soundly, unfortunately, didn't help that guys got hurt, though. Kyrie Irving averaging about 24 and a half a game. Obviously, spectacular run for him. Uh, he's n- he's not even leading the team in assists, which is weird. Al Horford is five assists a game. Kyrie a little less than five, 4.9. Kind of weird, but Kyrie's definitely taking on the number one off uh, number one option with LeBron James out of the way. Jalen Brown, the crazy strange pick a couple years back, and now when the, we got all excited that we were going to take Chris Dunn and all that. And we did take Chris Dunn and blah, blah, blah. Jalen Brown starting to show a little more this year, about 14 and a half. Jason Tatum, obviously rookie, nice positive uh, start to his career, about 14 in a game. Uh, 14 a game as well is what I'm trying to say. Marcus Morris has been a spark plug off the bench, 12, 11 points. Al Horford, healthier this year. Not a great rebounder or anything, but good enough. Eight rebounds a game, this and that. He provides some defense. Nothing about the shot blocking. Only one a game, but still kind of man-on strong defense. Of course, Gordon Hayward still recovering from a very nasty broken ankle. Only five minutes into the season. There is another bird. There is a new bird in Boston, and it's Jabari Bird. And he's averaging five minutes in only four games this year. He's barely even showed up, unfortunately, for him. But a fairly deep team. Obviously, Marcus Smart still, well... He gets 30 minutes. He doesn't put up spectacular numbers, but when he's on, he's on. He's a valuable player, obviously. And unfortunately, his role reduced a bit with a guy by the name of Kyrie Irving. But interestingly, though, is uh, their obvious wonderful uh, coach who's still still up and coming, still <laughs> still one of the up and coming star coaches in the league, uh, has been keeping the minutes down for all these guys, and it's keeping them fresh. So that's very, very, very helpful, ultimately, for the Celtics. And of course, the young man's name is Brad Stevens. He's not that young. He's a little bit older than me, but still, but not much. Obviously, he was the star up-and-comer with Butler, moved on to Boston, and things have been very positive ever since. Oh, boy. It's like, it's like I have to get... His name is so common that it's easy to forget. That's what's funny. I almost did forget it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's Brad Stevens. Duh. So my mind got it coming back. Nice win over Cleveland very recently by the Celtics. They barely beat Brooklyn, which is kind of getting tough to do lately for some strange reason beyond anybody's understanding. Uh, they beat Brooklyn by only three points in Boston in the TD America Garden. They beat Houston by one. That's extremely impressive. A possible NBA Finals preview. Unlikely, but possible. Charlotte and all that. So they've won four in a row of the uh, Celtics. Their re- the mo- most recent loss was on Christmas Day to Washington. That was kind of frustrating. But to beat the Cavaliers by 14, that's not bad. Very impressive win. And, of course, the next game is now Minnesota with the Boston Celtics. 
This game is in Boston. I don't expect to win. Minnesota did not play well against Boston last year. Obviously, the Celtics can hit the three-point shot, and of course, they're well coached. Uh, Kyrie Irving's about 40%. Jalen Brown's 40%. Jason Tatum, almost 47%. Al Horford's even making threes. He makes about one and a half a game, him being, of course, Al Horford. The attempts, obviously, Kyrie Irving's about seven and a, uh, about six and a half a game. Jalen Brown attempts four and a half. Uh, Al Horford even attempts some, over three a game. It's kind of funny. So they do shoot a lot of threes, and they make them. So good for them. Everybody's shooting threes these days. Of course, Marcus Smart shoots almost five a game. That's crazy, but poor, uh, poor percentage. He's the worst of that bunch, 30%. It's more of an aggressive defense, physical player, and all that. That's what I like about Marcus Smart. And he does set up other players nicely in slightly limited minutes. He still plays about 31 minutes a game, 4.8. Of course, he gets some time with... Uh, Kyrie Irving, or maybe he can move over to shooting guard on occasion uh, in that situation because Kyrie's a bit taller. And, of course, occasionally uh, Marcus Smart will play some shooting guard, but Kyrie, obviously, more of an offensive player, off-the-ball guy in terms of Kyrie Irving. So you go more in that direction, and you hope for the best defensively out of Kyrie, but, again, you get the help from Marcus Smart. So guys help each other. That's why this team is so good. Again, 21 games, about 500. I don't think the Wolves are going to win the game. Obviously, too many weapons on the Boston Celtics would be an extremely impressive victory for the Timberwolves. I think they can win the game. Obviously, the Wolves have a lot of weapons as well. I mean, you want to see a Wiggins go off, a Jimmy Butler, guys like that. Butler had a nice series against the uh, Celtics last year. And then Rondo got hurt, and it seemed like that team just kind of quit. The Bulls were beating the Celtics, and Butler was part of it. He was spectacular. And then again, things went downhill after former Celtic Rondo got injured. That was quite heartbreaking. And then Butler made a statement after that series, which was strange. I don't know if he was being sarcastic or he was being serious when somebody asked him. Because to me, it was a very disappointing season. I mean, they finished 500 and finished with the eighth seed. And then they just kind of choked after Rondo got hurt. It's like they just stopped playing, did the Bulls. Um, I know losing Rondo is bad, but it's not as bad as it was years ago. It would have been terrible for the Celtics years ago. Um... When the Celtics had him, of course. <laughs> That's where the confusion comes in. Uh, Jimmy Butler made the statement of, you know, they were asked, was it a disappointing season? And he said, no, nah, it wasn't a disappointing season. We made the playoffs. And he had that same look on his face that he always has, kind of that plain look. I don't know if he was being sarcastic or what it was. He might have been quietly making fun of uh, uh Fred Hoiberg. So, I mean, I don't know, because Fred Hoiberg is so mild-mannered and such, and he missed Tom Thibodeau. It was a little bit different, not quite as mild-mannered as Fred Hoiberg, that type of thing. Might have been just kind of sarcastically responding to the reporter. I don't know how to read it because I don't see Butler as that kind of a softy personality. So that's where it was kind of weird. And that's at first I was like, if that's how Butler is, I don't want him here. And I remember doing that in the offseason during the State of the Timberwolves preview, or State of the Timberwolves back in uh, 2017, talking about the, you know, previewing the offseason and such, that type of deal. But I'm going to pick the Celtics to win the game. It's going to be probably higher scoring, that type of thing. Celtics do bring a lot of offense, so they also bring some solid defense. They score double digits and their opponents don't, that type of thing. And that's kind of what I'm seeing right now, unfortunately. 105 to 97, Boston is going to win the game. Kyrie Irving is going to get his points. 25, 20-something, Butler should get upper 20s. I Man, I'm just dying to see Wiggins do something special. It's going to be an interesting matchup between Al, uh, Al Horford and, of course, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. It's going to be fun to watch. Man, I'm getting confused again because it's like, well, I almost said Al Jefferson because obviously he played for the Celtics a trillion years ago before the Wolves traded Garnett for him, but I don't even know why I'm even bringing that up. It's kind of silly, isn't it? It's, just only, it's only 10 years ago. But, uh, no, I mean, Butler played very well against the Celtics last year. Liked what I saw and all that, of course. So that was cool. The Bulls put in a nice effort against that team before Rondo got hurt. That might be why Butler was ta- talking that way. Because they, they made it very interesting until, until Rondo got hurt. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup, obviously. Just dying to see Wiggins get to that free-through line and get into the upper 20s and, get, and do it consistently again, like he did last year for an extended period of time, particularly when Zach was out, unfortunately for Zach. Um, Maybe too many chefs in the kitchen. I don't know. It just kind of is what it is right now. But as long as Butler's performing and continuing night in, night out, can't complain too much. Let's move on. I'm dragging this one too long. But I'm intrigued by this Celtics team. And right now, who isn't? They've been wonderful this season. As we attempt to continue here. Now we're going to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. A back-to-back Saturday the 6th. This is a This is a home game, so... If the Wolves are going to lose one, I pick the Celtics, and I hope the Wolves can beat this team. The fear is, again, that maybe this club will be, 
Well, 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 we have our legs. That's the that's the fear coming into this one. And if we don't have our legs, New Orleans is going to run all over us, time and time again. Here's Rajon Rondo, as of course he's been missing in action time and time again all over the place. Will he play? Will he not? This and that. He's leading the team in assists, of course. Big shocker there. Almost, well, over eight a game. Drew Holiday obviously brings a bit more, as Rondo's been coming off the bench. Holiday's a guy who'd been oft injured, but he's been healthy this year, and he's the, real, the Drew Holiday that we came to know and love the past years when he was healthy. DeMarcus Cousins, one of the league leaders in scoring. Anthony Davis, about the same. Uh, they're both averaging double-doubles a game. DeMarcus Cousins, more rebounds, but of course... Anthony Davis, much better defense. Uh, DeMarcus does block shots, but Anthony Davis is a legitimate on-the-ball defender, along with the shot blocking and such. Dante Cunningham has killed the Wolves in the past. Tony Allen was a player the Wolves wanted, but of course he's getting minimal minutes, and he ended up going to the New Orleans Pelicans. More money and maybe a better fit for him. I, I don't know. He thought he was going to get more minutes there. Probably a lot of people fearing Tom Thibodeau getting zero minutes if you're not a starter. And that's more than likely what his thought process was going into that one, and he's still not getting a whole lot of minutes over there from Alvin Gentry's uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Very winnable game. It's a team the Wolves have had some success against this year, where in the past I would have picked a loss every time. Uh, New Orleans is 3-2 and two in their last five, as we always like to dive into that a little bit. Pelicans one game above 500. They'd be kind of sneaking into the playoffs of that eighth seed, and a lot of us expect the Pelicans to get there and hopefully beat up the uh, Warriors a little bit in the first round, if it ultimately is the Warriors. Wolves lead the series two games to zero, and if the Wolves are going to win this series, they might as well wrap it up here right away. Uh, the Wolves won both games on the road, so, man, there, there's a little legitimate possibility the Wolves could actually sweep the Pelicans this year. That'd be quite awesome. I kind of doubt it's going to happen, and it's almost like if they're going to lose one, this might be it because of the back-to-back -back situation, and it would be really frustrating if the Wolves end up losing back-to-back -back games. Uh, they're fine, they wrap up the season series February the 3rd, the day before the Vikings win the Super Bowl on February the 4th. So, yeah, we'll be hopefully celebrating a Wolves win and a Vikings win within a couple hours there. <laughs> uh, within about a 24-hour period or so. Um, kind of tough to predict because of the back-to-back. Ah, -back. Oh, boy. I will pick a win in good faith, you know, because, I mean, you're more likely to lose the Celtics. Obviously, the Wolves beat the Celtics. They probably will have uh, exhausted their energy and lose to the Pelicans. I'm picking a split in this back-to-back. Uh, -back. They've put it this way, if the Wolves win both, that's obviously a spectacular situation. Most recent win was over Utah by the Pelicans. They had recently lost to Dallas, who's starting to win more often lately, and the Knicks beat the uh, Pelicans by a basket, one basket, 105-103. It's a tough game to predict, but again, I, but I will pick a Wolves victory out of uh, good faith. Maybe the Wolves end up sweeping the Pelicans this year. That would be really awesome. Uh, it's going to be something of the likes of, again, higher scoring, despite their defense is good, but it's more just Anthony Davis inside. The rest of them, not so much. I mean, their defense isn't that great, some of them. And it's Elvin Gentry. He's more of an offense first, defense second coach, which is weird when you consider you have maybe the best defender in the NBA and Anthony Davis. Um, it, did, it, didn't, it didn't hurt that Anthony Davis didn't play last time around also, though. That did help the Wolves cause winning by 18 over the Pelicans in New Orleans back on the 29th of November. Minnesota's going to win the game 108-100. Carl Anthony Towns hopefully will have a good game. He had a two-point game to start out the year back on November the 1st. It's all about Butler again. It's all about Butler. This is this game reeks of Butler because, again, it's one of those physical kind of games, that type of situation, where Butler stands strong because he's an actual physical, legitimate guy. The rest of the Wolves, a lot of them are kind of skinnier guys, and that used to drive us crazy in the past, and it's still been going on. Carl's not too skinny at all, actually, but he's struggled against New Orleans uh, in the past and against Anthony Davis. Sometimes you get the mano a mano battle, and sometimes he gets absolutely dominated by Dar Dar DeMarcus and Anthony Davis out there. DeMarcus Cousins generally has been on uh, Carl the past the past year or so since he got there. Um, but I will pick the Wolves to win by eight and Butler to lead the way in that victory. Most likely guy to lead the, the Wolves in scoring in that one as we're going to try to move right along here, at least attempt to. Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers as we open up this season series with the ever-great Cleveland Cavaliers. They're, believe it or not, third place in the Eastern Conference. Kind of hard to believe. And Toronto stepped it up a bit. Good on them. And, of course, Boston the last year and a half has been pretty damn good. And, of course, the acquisition of young Mr. Kyrie Irving. Definitely no joke there. Cavaliers will play the Wolves on the 8th. Monday the 8th of 
January after they have played the Orlando a couple of days before. Cleveland, four out of their last five have been losses. Yikes. Uh, they crushed Portland by 17. Of course, we just recently lost to Boston. They lost to Utah, Sacramento, and, of course, frickin' Golden State on the, on the December the 25th. LeBron James, of course, we all know who he is. He's leading the club in scoring. And now things are going ape leap here. Oh, boy. Not sure what this is all about. Something is going on, and I don't know what it is. Hmm. This is kind of weird. Huh. I've never seen this happen before. Hmm. Oh, boy. So, we're just going to have to try to move on from that. LeBron James leading the club in scoring, of course. Big shocker there. Cleveland Cavaliers remain third place in the Eastern Conference and all that. First place in their Central Division. But, well, yeah, at least they're winning their division, I suppose. Whatever that means at this stage. Uh... Boy, re repairing something on the fly here. Things went ape crap here, but I got it fixed literally on the fly as I'm working here. Cleveland Cavaliers 25-13 and 13 on the season. Like I said just before, they've lost four out of their last five. Frustrating for them. But again, uh, Kevin Love's leading the team in rebounding, this and that. LeBron James with nine assists a game, playing a Magic Johnson type of role for the Cavaliers this season. Cavaliers looking to get to their, what would it be, their fourth straight finals appearance? Isn't that crazy? Uh, it would be LeBron James's, geez, that would be his uh, eighth consecutive NBA finals if the Cavaliers make it again. The odds are there. I mean, obviously, LeBron James is still the best player in the world. Go ahead and say he isn't all the, the Steph Curry's and Kevin Durant's and even Kawhi Leonard. No, LeBron James is the best player in the league still. Jeff Green, the former Oklahoma City Thunders on that roster, having a little bit of a renaissance after he'd been oft injured. Dwayne Wade, just ancient, still putting up some numbers, 11 points, but certainly not the same guy. Derrick Rose has gone into limbo and nobody knows really what's on his mind. Isaiah Thomas scored 17 points in his season debut, but unfortunately has not come back since. Kevin Love, second leading scorer on the team, almost 20 a game, 10 rebounds. So he's averaging a double-double, just barely. But lots of off injuries, this and that. Uh, Jay Crowder's been a nice addition defensively. A little bit of energy as well off the bench. He's been good, but this team right now, uh, I think they'll beat the Wolves, unfortunately. Season series obviously starts Monday the first, uh, the eighth, pardon me, of January and wraps up on February the seventh as we continue to move forward. Um, maybe the Wolves do win this game. Uh, it would be the first win over the Wolves since uh, by the Wolves over Cleveland since LeBron got there. This might be a win actually. When I sit down and think it over, I think the Wolves can beat the Cavaliers right now. They're reeling and. And if they don't, it'd be LeBron James, of course. This is a home game uh, that r helps the Wolves' chances. They protected home court fairly well this year. Last year, the Wolves were a remarkably good road team, which is kind of crazy. I don't think the Wolves win in Cleveland. I don't know. I don't think the Wolves win in Cleveland until LeBron either gets really old or leaves or retires, whatever it is. Uh, uh, this, I think this is going to be the Wolves' first win over the Cavaliers in many years. I, I think so. I think Minnesota's going to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in this game. Wiggins is going to get... You know, it's it's time for him to finally have that big game against LeBron James, and like one that actually leads to a victory. But uh, it'll probably be Butler instead. It'll probably end up being Butler instead. <laughs> You're going to see Todd Gibson on LeBron as well at times because of the matchup situation. Taj, obviously, great defender, big physical, power forward, and LeBron kind of plays down there on occasion. You're going to see Butler and Todd Gibson on LeBron most of the game, but LeBron might end up on Wiggins on occasion. Um, obviously, the physical battle between the two. It's not even close. Uh, Kevin Love will be on Taj Gibson most of the game, but he may match up on LeBron when LeBron posts up, that type of situation. You're going to see a lot of Butler-LeBron, though, back and forth. Much as you want to see Wiggins score in the upper 20s, I keep predicting it, and it was happening for the longest time, and then it didn't happen. Butler-LeBron, it's going to be a nice mono -e mono type of situation. I think Minnesota wins the game, and it would be somebody like Carl Anthony Towns or Andrew Wiggins that would help uh, Jimmy Butler here lead the way. I'd like to believe it's going to be uh, Andrew Wiggins. It's, it's time for Wiggins to finally beat the team that drafted him that ended up trading him away for Kevin Love. Um, it's time for Wiggins to get 28-ish, and it's a, it keeps not have a happening of late, but maybe this is finally it. Monday, the 1st of January, will be the first win by the Wolves over Cleveland in many years, and the first since LeBron returned to Cleveland, Ohio in 2014. Minnesota will win the basketball game. Final score, it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of those lower scoring type of games. I think they're going to frustrate LeBron a little bit, but really it'll be more of other players on the Wolves showing up to play, and of course, uh, 
the other pieces on on Cleveland will struggle. LeBron may go off for thirty eight, but other pieces on the on the club will struggle. I think the Wolves will do a, a great job defensively on those guys. LeBron will get his because he's gonna get his maybe thirty thirty five ish something like that. But I've got a sneaky feeling Butler and Wiggins are going to be big pieces to the Wolves' victory. Carl will do what he does. He's going to get something like 18, 12, you know, and he'll block some shots, which will be very key down the stretch. But I can see a Butler getting like 38, something like that, in a game like this. He's going to get to the free throw line 20 times, and he'll make like 18 or 19 of them. It's going to be one of those crazy type of games. It's going to be a lot of back and forth. Final score, 105-103, Minnesota over Cleveland. And Andrew Wiggins will have some special moments in the night as well, but Butler will have 38 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers on January the 8th. Minnesota finally is going to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. My first prediction that the Wolves will actually beat Cleveland. It's going to happen once and for all. We wrap up this segment with the game on January the 10th over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Minnesota's had some success against the Thunder this year, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. This one is a home game. The Thunder are what they are. They're starting to they're starting to win games now, which is dangerous, of course. Uh, <laughs> they're th- they've won three out of their last five in Dallas. Again, Dallas. What is up with the Mavericks? What's up with the Mavericks? What's up with the Bucks too? They they beat the uh they beat the Thunder recently. The Thunder roll all over Toronto on December the 27th. Crazy. Uh, beat the Lakers by about 40. Wow. 36-point victory over the Lakers. Beat the Clippers by 10 the next night, both in Stable Center. They stayed in the same building, so eh, back-to-back, though, which can be exhausting. We know who Russell Westbrook is. He's Mr. Triple-Double, blah, blah, blah. He's averaging a little less than uh, 10 rebounds a game. He's leading the club in every statistic. He's even got more rebounds than Steven Adams. Good for him. Every statistic uh, in that sense, not steals and blocks. Uh, Paul George leading in steals. He's really stepped up his game, particularly of late, and it's been a huge help because Paul George starting off the season was pretty quiet, like 15, 16 a game. Now he's at 21. He continues to improve dramatically. Uh, Oklahoma City got past the Wolves last time around on January, or excuse me, December the 1st. That was a frustrating finish to a pretty good basketball game. 111-107, Minnesota. Beat the war, uh, beat the Thunder. I keep calling them the Warriors by two points in way back at the uh, start of the season, and then of course, just a couple nights later, beat the Thunder again by three. This is a home game for the Wolves, uh, coming off a major high of finally beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Thunder have been playing dramatically better, and they're breathing down the Wolves' necks. Uh, one of these teams is going to have home court advantage or home ice advantage, right, in the first round of the playoffs. It'll only be the first round unless somebody makes a major upset and you play them in the next round or magically the, the Warriors and the Spurs both get eliminated or the Rockets. That would be funny. Then the Wolves might host the Western Conference Finals, which would be pretty crazy. Last time we did that, we didn't win, though. Frickin' Lakers. And it's the only time we got to the Western Finals. Uh, it's obviously a good team, ever implodable, I gotta think, because, I mean, I've never been a Carmelo fan, I don't like what he brings, uh, his shot attempts have dropped, which is good, I think that only helps, Paul George has been scorching the net, about, he's been making about three out of seven, 43% for the season, almost 44%, almost half of his threes have been going in, and obviously he's been getting the steals, he's been setting other players up on occasion when he actually has the ball, which is not that often, (laughs) due to Russell Westbrook, uh, syndrome. <laughs> About five and a half rebounds a game. Paul George is having a wonderful season for the Thunder. Will he stay or will he go? Will he go to the Los Angeles Lakers? It doesn't matter right now because we'll worry about that in the offseason. Winnable game for the Wolves. Do the Wolves wrap up the season series over the Thunder with a victory? Oh, man. I, I'm feeling optimistic about this team right now, and I'm going to pick a win by the, uh, over the, by the Wolves over the Thunder. Extremely close game. High-scoring Ah, man, I'm hoping for the best, obviously. I'm curious who's going to be the I mean, you, you want to keep going with Butler, 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 and you're not wrong most of the time. Last time around, Chef Teague was a valuable piece. Will he come back this week? I'm thinking no. Carl actually led the team. Wiggins had a big game. It's going to take a team effort to beat the Thunder because you're going to get at least two guys scoring a lot of points. And, of course, uh, Steven Adams is a pain in the butt to deal with, always. Uh, maybe a spark plug by Jamal Crawford off the bench, 20-point type of effort. Paul George had 36 points last time around. Steven Adams had 27. And that's when Westbrook had only 15. He dropped off quite a bit. He was 6-21, and it helped that he was missing everything. Steven, Steven Adams was 100% from the floor 
which is off the charts crazy. He made all 11 of his attempts, of course, close to the basket. But still, I mean, you're going to get you're going to get defended. You're going to miss once in a while. It was a game where a lot of us were frustrated with the Wolves' defense down the stretch. Even though Carl scored 23 points, defensively on Adams was not good. Butler was clanging some shots, and he got to the free-throw line. Wiggins missed half of his free throws, but he made half of his threes, so he made up for it there. It's going to take a total team effort to beat the Thunder, but I think somehow, some way, the Wolves are going to escape with a three-to-one victory, three-to-one series victory over the Thunder. Boy, something really crazy. Guys making free throws late in the game, clutch shots, this and that. I, th- I see Tyus Jones being a factor in the game as well, but yeah, it's going to be a total team effort. Wiggins, guys like Wiggins, Butler, and Towns, it's going to take what it took the last couple times, twenty points plus for all of them. Jimmy Butler, by the way. Going into uh, the Brooklyn game, he's continuing the streak. Nine straight games of 20-plus points. Will he continue that? Absolutely, during the course of this week. I don't think Butler goes down in the teens once this week. Not one single time over with Cleveland and all that. Maybe, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Depending on if somebody gets blows up against Cleveland or uh, Oklahoma, that might be when it ends. If somebody else is like 38 or something, or Butler is just setting players up. But I think Minnesota's going to win the game, 115-112, something along the lines of that. Free throws, clutch free throws at the end where the Wolves hang on and defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder and have a 3-1 and week and a 3-1 and series victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder. With that, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and hear from you guys in the Fan Interaction segment. Segment number three, fan interaction segment. We will jump into Twitter immediately. Uh, I want to thank you guys, Tanay and Levi Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show. Same thing for Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast. We'll talk about them here in a second as well. The Courtside Podcast, best basketball show there is. Thank you again, guys, for retweeting the most recent episode. I was talking about how there might be an underrated stat that believe that I believe needs recognition. Because it was a problem not too long ago. The Wolves were 24-26 and 26 at the time at the free throw line. This was against the Lakers. I was saying a 92%. That's a big deal because imagine if this was Houston or Golden State. That was a big deal for me. Uh, I was also saying at the time, 8th straight game of 20-plus points from the Lakers. Uh, guys liking that one. The Pumpa returns to the podcast. The Pumpa, yeah. Reese Pedretti back on the Rules Explosion podcast. Can you believe it? Yep, welcome back, Pumpa. Welcome back, welcome back. He says, although I lost a couple of dollars on them today, but Jimmy Butler got me some money. He was talking about the, what team was that again? I, uh, looking it up real quick. That was Zach Levine. Yep, he was taking the Zach Levine. He's taking the Bulls for the win, uh, and they lost that game just barely to Portland. As the Bulls have been winning games like crazy, and they're underdogged every night because they've been terrible to start out the season, but Chris Dunn and the Bulls stepping up, and Zach Levine eventually will be back in the lineup. One of these decades, right? The poor guy. Um, it's of course, yeah, it seems like NBA players are treating ACLs different than they had in the past. Guys were coming back, you know, that's okay, the season's starting, we're ready to roll again. They're literally taking calendar years off now to recover from ACLs. Same thing happened with Rubio in the past as well. Uh, Pumpa continues saying, I was off betting on the Wolves because Wiggy let me down all the time, but with Jimmy being so hot right now, I couldn't say no. And yeah, I got some money off the bet there. Very cool indeed. As I continue to slide forward, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, and Pumpa is also out of Australia as well. I believe it's Bendigo, Australia, if I remember correctly. Um, Tanae Brown says, I wouldn't be against more minutes for him. And this is, of course, sweet little Marcus George's hunt. This is from uh, Jake Painting. And I wouldn't be against it either. He was a factor out there when he did play. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't dazzle or anything. But he doesn't make mistakes, and he, he you know, he when he's he, he's he's able to attack the basket. He's got athletic ability and such. And, and again, he doesn't take stupid shots like uh, Shabazz Muhammad does on occasion. And he plays solid defense. He's an okay player, Marcus George's hunt. Again, doesn't stand out too much, but a little bit. He's he's solid ultimately. At the end of the day, there, uh, Jose Cuares, uh retweeting today's tweet. There, thank you very much. Cool. Uh, the Pumpa says. Is Wiggy a certainty to make the All-Star in your opinion? I say no. Uh, I was saying at the time, no. Um, 
I would have liked to, but I don't think Wiggy's going to make the All-Star team right now. I think Carl is possible, but I was saying Butler's the sh- uh, in for it, without a doubt. And, of course, nine straight games. Levi uh, liked that one. Pumba says Cat, then on the Wolves. Wiggy is third in line. Yep, and that's true. Uh, he's saying ra- uh, Pumba says Wrapped, you blokes are starting to string some good wins, and yes, they are. He was saying he agrees on... What was he agreeing on? I was saying, no, nope, I didn't think Wiggins would make it. Not aggressive enough right now. Uh, Tampa says, I agree, mate. I want him to be more, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's not him. Will be interesting to see how his career goes. This might be what he is. Yeah, I think right now, I hope not. I'll just say, I, I hope not. Um, Tampa was saying, pumped for some Wolves action now. And yep, the pump is pumped. Uh, Joel Bischoff says, I'm just here to vote up Taj. Yeah, and I, was, I, I love Taj, and thank you for... Uh, yeah, thank you for voting for him, Joel Bischoff. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Taj Gibson has been fantastic. I don't know if he's an all-star, but he has been downright outstanding. This is the Twitter account, by the way, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Thank you guys for the fan interaction there. Pumpa, Joel, Tanay, Levi, and Vince Germano. Thank you guys so much for your interaction there. As we'll now head to Facebook immediately, or humanly possible anyway, if humanly possible. Going to give a quick shout-out to Flips Army. The Flips Army page. Give that a like and a follow on Facebook. Join the in-game threads and other posts and such. NBA's Wolves, this and that. Stay away from any Warrior posts, though. Just boycott anything Golden State. You know, just just boycott them. And Papa's a Warriors fan, but I had to say that because, yeah, I'm not a Warriors fan, damn it. <laughs> Most recent post. Let's see. Is that not? Oh, boy. This might be dead this week. The Facebook page. Uh, it's dead. Ouch. It's dead. But at least we got some interaction on Twitter. I did give a shout-out to the Flips Army page. Uh, Trevor Wickerin, the creator of the page, kind enough to allow me to post Timberwolves Explosion, links to Timberwolves Explosion anyway, on that Facebook page. So I'm more than obliged, more than happy to give that page a shout-out and encourage you to join. And a lot of you have joined it. So anybody there thinking I'm spamming their page, no. Some of, some of the uh, some of the other uh, followers, likes, whatever, some of the other members of that page, no, I'm not spamming the page because a lot of people have joined from Timberwolves Explosion. So it's a deal. It's a deal. So some of you could join the Timberwolves Explosion page too if that would be great. <laughs> but then again, those people that won't join it probably aren't listening anyway. So bullcrap there, right? Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. That is the Facebook page. Information will be in the show description along with the Twitter account. Now we'll get to the phone lines and how to get on the show in multiple ways. The phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine, and you'll be greatly appreciated to be on the show. You'll be on there indeed. There's the call now button on the Facebook page. It goes to the same exact phone line. It goes through the Facebook Messenger call uh, application, which is obviously free no matter where you are as long as you're on some kind of Internet connection of some sorts. You're good to go. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Regardless if you're on the moon, it'll work. So, yeah, as long as there's internet that works, it'll work. Doesn't matter. The internet's the internet, damn it. So, it'll connect. It'll connect. It's just a rumor, though. It's just a rumor. No. I don't know if the internet would even work on the moon. Probably not, but who knows? Who knows who cares, right? No. <laughs> don't think too many people are strolling on the moon one day in a mighty, mighty month of July or anything like Buzz Aldrin once uh, said. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong long ago in a uh, solar system close by, I guess. Um, (laughs) Final way to get on the show, and probably the most productive, the easiest for a lot of you out there, is the audio submission route. Use your, and I miss today's take so much today, come back, damn it, come back. And of course, Vince Germano, Hank McCoy, you're welcome to do the same thing. Pumpa, you're welcome to do it. Anybody, you know, join in. It's, hey, Pumpa, Levi, you know. Uh, Hank McCoy, or excuse me, it's Wayne Hunt, Stu Benson, any of you, more than welcome, Kalen Woods, all of you. Uh, Showtime and T-Wolves with Kalen Woods and Vince Germano and myself, obviously. Kalen's not on the show, but he joined it a lot, obviously, in terms of fan interaction because he's a Laker fan. Showtime and T-Wolves, Lakers and Timberwolves podcast, which will make a return eventually. One of these days, it's going to come back in the Courtside Network uh, with with this show. So more than likely, that'll all happen one day. One day, it's going to all happen. One day. Speaking of the Courtside Network now, let's finish up what I was saying first. The uh, audio submission route. I'm losing my mind here. Use the free voice recording application on your smart device. Record a call five minutes or whatever. And, you know, 
save it, send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I can very quickly through Zomzar.com convert it into an MP3 file and bing, it's ready to roll. So there it is. Um, You'll be very welcome to the show in that sense. I'll be very happy to have your voice and mine on here. And one day, maybe some of you will be live on the show one day with me as well. Um, Also, the like I was going to talk about the Courtside Network. That's, of course, the Courtside Podcast. Vince Germano, Hank Hank McCoy, (laughs) Wayne Hunt. I keep calling him Hank McCoy, but it's Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, Stu Benson. They form a trio of excellence on the Courtside Podcast. It is a spectacular show that is on iTunes and Podbean. iTunes is where all the free shows are. Podbean also carries the free shows, but for a $20 subscription, you can also get the premium shows. $20 a year. $20 a year. That's less than one small cup of Caribou Coffee or Starbucks Coffee uh, or Dunn Brothers or whatever you might have in Australia over there in New Zealand. It's cheaper than a small cup of coffee at most coffee shops per, per month. One one small cup of coffee a month, so it's not a big deal, and it only helps the production of these shows and, you know, gives us some kind of, uh, you know, something to keep the show going and all that, improve the, uh, maybe a new laptop for the shows because maybe the laptop's acting up, <laughs> hint, hint, sometimes, a new smart device to help also navigate through the information as I roll, as I like to use that. It's very helpful. This and that, microphone, this and that. My microphone's fine, but others might not be. Uh, all that good stuff. So please do join the Courtside Network. I'll be joining one of these days, of course. And uh, there it is. Wonderful show, the Courtside Podcast. Very much encourage you to join that. As mentioned, please give Tim Rules Explosion a positive rating on iTunes if you could. It only helps. It makes it more attractive to potential new listeners out there as well, which is always appreciated. I love and appreciate every single one of you that I've been listening to the show as long as you have. Some of you that are fairly new too, welcome aboard and thank you very much as well. There's Australians and uh, guy from New York, at least. I know at least one. I remember there was a girl from China once upon a time. I know there's a decent amount of you from the Philippines, I believe, that listen. So shout out to you in the Philippines. I know you're out there. Um, you, you don't post on the show or anything, but I know they've been clicking like on the show on the, on, uh, on uh, Facebook. They've been joining the page and such, even Twitter. I think there's a guy, yeah, that Jose in Spain there. He's a good guy as well. He's, he's uh, talked about this show a bit. I, I hope he didn't get scared away at times with, <laughs> well, of course, with Rubio leaving and such. Because, you know, obviously Rubio from Spain and such. So hopefully he's still a Tim Rules fan and appreciate you very much, Jose, over there in Spain. Thank you again for listening. For those of you out there, again, please do tell your friends about the show. Positive rating on iTunes, always appreciated. I'm rehashing. I'm doing the same thing again. I'm regurgitating. I apologize. We'll talk next week, hopefully, over some humongous wins over the Cavs and the Thunder. Wouldn't that be something?